Oh. To coincide with the release of the new James Bond film No Time to Die, here is the first episode of Reverse Swirl, in which I show Kevin Casino Royale. This has been exclusive to Patreon backers over at patreon.com forward slash cinemaswirl for over a year. It was always the plan to release this on the main feed to coincide with the release of the new film. But as that kept being pushed back, it's been exclusive for much longer than we anticipated. But here it is. This is the first episode, the second reverse swirl episode we released at Christmas. So hopefully you're aware of the concept. If not, we do explain it in the episode. If you're after more Cinema Swirl content, head on over to patreon.com forward slash cinemaswirl. There are loads of episodes of Cinema Swirl over there, full podcast episodes of me and Kevin talking about movies. It's lovely stuff. On the Patreon in October, we have got a Q&A episode coming out towards the start of the month. We've recorded it. It was a lovely time. And at the end of the month, we will have a spooky swirl as well as a spooky swirl coming out on the main feed. So keep your eyes and ears peeled for all of that. If you want more information, head on over to patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl. Right, enough of me. Here's Reverse Swirl Casino Royale. Reverse swirl! Some people say scone, but I say scone. It's episode number one. Welcome, it's me, your good pal, boy cow Sam Chaplin. <laughs> Taking you on a journey through Tinseltown, California, with my PTO, paid time off, who hasn't seen some of them films. Kevin Madden, how are you doing, Kevin? Hey! hey <laughs> Trying to be you here yeah. now, right? We okay. reverse the roles a bit, and very much you embody the energy of that little lad from the Star Wars movies who's all excited. At least yeah. in the very first instance uh, of the episode. Hello, I, I'm glad, glad you're doing well. I just, this doesn't feel natural. No, it's much harder than it looks, Sam, isn't it? It's almost as if it's much harder than it looks. Why haven't you seen those films? For bloody hell's sake, mate. What are you playing at? Are Sam, you, what, as yeah. a matter of interest, mm. I was wondering, did you write down your introduction? Yeah, and that's as far as I got, <laughs> so... Now, we're... Now, long-time listeners may be surprised to find out I've never written down an intro from Cinema Swirl, and I know it seems like that wouldn't be the case, but it actually is. And now we're off-piste. There's no harness here. This is just live podcasting. I'm inhabiting the role, ordinarily, that will be filled by my good friend Kevin Mann. What's happening today on Reverse Swirl? F- Jesus, this is difficult. What's happening today on Reverse Swirl? <laughs> Wait, and you just have to keep talking? What? You have to go, keep going. <laughs> is that we're watching a film that I have seen, Sam Chaplin, I have seen, and Kevin hasn't seen before. Hello. Thereby reversing the dynamics of the podcast. People have been clamouring for this. It's reverse swirl. It's happening. We're here in reverse swirl. The the film du jour today. Kevin, the film du jour. It's only a bit of bloody Bond. You like a bit of bloody Bond, don't you? I do. Best of Bond. Best of Bond. Big bloody British Bond. Best of Bond. (laughs) You love a Bond, and we've got a Bond for you, but it's a it's a Daniel Craig Bond. It is Casino Royale is our film du jour today. Sorry, Sam, it comes to the point if you're trying to talk about the movie because mm-hmm. uh, inhabiting the role of the person who hasn't seen the film, uh, it's now time for my superfluous segment. Hit the feckin' music. <laughs> Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-
Swirl. Yeah, it's time for a sausage roll swirl. That's right. Sam's not the only one you should be worried about. He's not the only one who likes the thing that's really bad for him. He's not the only one who can shoehorn his habits into a podcast. I'm here with two of Morrison's <laughs> finest sausage rolls. <laughs> oh, Kevin's just shown mm. me the actual sausage rolls. Now, Kevin, when you said hit the music, uh, are you going to be writing and recording this music? <laughs> oh, yeah, easy peasy. I'll okay. whip up a little something, no bother. That's, sure. that's I mean, how how hard could it be? It's like, easy. I imagine it's as easy as hosting yeah. a podcast, which I find very easy. Something so. I need to bring up, because it's getting loud, is that outside it's absolutely pissing it down and thundering Whoa. and lightning-inging. And I think that's because what's happening here is so unnatural. <laughs> it has destroyed the cosmic balance of the universe and the weather is responding accordingly. So apologies for noise you hear in the background. It's raining Pepsi here, I've actually noticed. Black fizzy rain is, is coming from, from high above. <laughs> this isn't supposed to be happening. I think the weather is trying to tell us that this is wrong. And this isn't supposed to be a hot sausage roll, but I actually got these from the Morrison's Delicatessen and I heated them up my Myself in the oven. I did 170 for yep. uh, yeah for 10 minutes. That's right. And we've got, as you can hit, tell here, uh, listen we got, to that. We, that we got we got noise. good crust smithers. Yep. And now I I know Polly Hollywood doesn't like a soggy bottom. <laughs> did you so say what, what? Polly Hollywood? Polly Hollywood just like a oh, soggy. Polly Hollywood <laughs> just like a soggy bottom. Yeah. So dig this. Is that solid? Solid bottom. Dry, dry bottom. And here's the interesting thing about this sausage roll. Sure, tell me uh, about it, Kevin. <laughs> Keep going. Is that in the local area, it would probably be my fourth choice. You'd be going Martin's, then Greg's, mm -hmm. then Greg's Vegan, then One Pound Bakery, One Pound Bakery Vegan. Hold Actually, on, whoa, 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 whoa. You're, you're putting Greg's regular above Greg's Vegan. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I really like the Greg's vegan. I know. I only I like him as a lot as well, mm. Sam. But the thing is, in my neck of the woods, they are handled and treated with a level of suspicion and disdain that uh, they just okay, don't yeah, get yeah. the love a sausage roll deserves. Sure, sure. So idle hands make the devil's work, and they right. also make vegan sausage rolls sadder than they need to be. You can brown them just as easily, you fuckers, <laughs> but you choose not to, yeah? So, interesting, this would be normally five or six down on the list, but mm. now that it's been heated, I would say, on appearance alone, Sam, look at that. Yeah. That's a handsome sausage roll. A good roll. looking sausage roll. Yeah. I mean, if I was going to wrap my dick in any pastry and bake it at 170, it would definitely be that. It looks very snug that's in its that's housing a big there. <laughs> and a very similar shape to my penis as well. Ah. So I'll tell you what, down the hatch, hey, and uh, you'll have to have an E sausage roll, Sam. I'm sorry. <laughs> Here we go. Give it a go. I've got two, so if this doesn't read, I'll, I'll do a few takes. That is. <laughs> That's very on brand for the sort of thing that I would do. I have like a. a it would just be right. Yeah, just in case. I've got some gin here as well, just in case we know the segment. Okay, okay. How, here how we go. On it? You have been warned. You're about now about to witness the strength of a very firm sausage roll. Okay. Oh, okay. That is a good noise. That was a satisfying crispy crunch right there. Kevin Hat, I mean, in terms of just noises, because your mouth is full, just a kind of uh, a noise scale, how are you feeling at the moment? So nine? A nine rating. Mm. Mm. Giving it a nine there. That's, no, that's obviously, that's on sound. 
now that we've been into the meat of the matter, Sam, uh, no, right, okay, no, yeah, yeah. no pun intended, I was thinking chomps might be a good uh, rating for this. Uh, yeah. I'd probably give, that's a solid four chomps out of five, Sam. Okay, and, so uh, five, on the five chomp scale. Uh, four chomps out of five, but I would say the one thing that was holding it back there is the knowledge that I kind of got it across the finish line. I grabbed the hurdle at the last second and I put the hurdle in the oven at 170 for 10. Right, This is so this is your, your policy now is... I won't eat it until you hate it because yeah. no yeah. no cold sausage roll I don't know I know it's it's that's the first sausage roll I've had in over two weeks which is a long time for me that's like that's yeah. pretty much like fucking Lent for me ten times over so I can say even now there is an element of that could just be the first glass of water you have after forty days and nights in the desert will be the tastiest I'm sure sorry we're in sausage roll swirl aren't we yeah because that now sounds like its own pastry concoction <laughs> well, like it does the, roll swirl round into a kind of I don't know what that would look like you'd have yeah. a Cumberland sausage roll <laughs> if you imagine that yeah although Sam look yeah. what's happened here now okay. hold on a minute everyone at home the meat has come slack from the casing <laughs> That's, that's so disgusting to look at. You know, the, the grey sausage roll sausage, Sam. they're delicious. Oh, yeah, they are, but it's yeah. not a sight to look at. No. Tell you what, Sam, you just keep talking there and I'll sort this out. Oh, you want me to fill for for a little while? Sure. Well, I mean, I, I'm, I've been having a great time in this sausage roll swirl segment. It's not sausage swirl, because those already exist, and you can see those in the butcher's window. They've got some of those sausage swirls. But what Kevin is doing at the moment, he's... He's giving Jesus us some, oh. some sausage roll swirl action. Fuck me. He's, he's really enjoying the sausage roll. He's popped in the last last bit of it there. In it goes. A good, solid sausage roll. You're happy? You're all full of that nice, greasy, sausagey pastry goodness. I tell you, them, them fans they were asking for a reverse swirl knew what they were talking about. This is what you wanted. Oh, okay. Go on now, huh? Yeah. That's not so bad. Right. right. This job's easy. I can do this. <laughs> I there's loads of films I've not seen technically. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, if you want to swap from here on out, and this will just be the, f- the format from now on. There's a green lays in Swinton that I've been meaning to try. Green lays? Green lays. Green lays. They, they do a sausage roll. I, I've never heard of, of green lays. Local, okay. local to the business uh, like. Yeah. All right. And I'm not going to lie, folks. I wanted to rep my local brand. I wanted to get Martin's, the pride of Lancashire, front and center here. They were closed. The way the world works. But I'm I'm pleasantly surprised by that there, so I'm pleasantly surprised. So that's how many chomps? Four chomps. Four chomps for the Morrisons. One, one of those is mine, Chomp. That's for the Morrisons delicatessen. That's standard issue for the Morrisons hot bit. You know, you go to you know the hot bit in a shop. The, the hot bit you of Morrisons. The hot bit and you get the And Morrisons, if you remember, now Morrisons in the UK, they market themselves like they're an actual little town. So you have mm. like Market, market Street. Street. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sausage Roll Avenue. <laughs> That would be a good name for the segment. It would be Sausage Roll Avenue. I like that. We're taking a little stroll. All right. Well, thank you for letting me join you there on Sausage Roll Swirl. Hey, listeners, just so you know, to not completely upset the balance, we're not doing the mailbag this time. And Ah. that's because when we do the mailbag, I open the mailbag, right? Mm. And so now, to reverse it, I'm just closing the mailbag and I'm not even going anywhere near it. I'm not going in there. I'm not having a look. 
Cause well, sure, I'd only want to be reading out anti-letters anyway, and I don't know if I would want that. Yeah, exactly. Really. And the, the text is all the wrong way. It's, it's difficult. You've got to get a mirror involved. It's really that hard. black paper, the high contrast. No, yeah. thanks. But film du jour, it's Casino Royale. Kevin, what do you know about Casino Royale? Who is in this? What's going on? Oh, man, you know that sweet spot that's like two minutes after you've eaten a sausage roll? I'm I'm officially into minute three, and that's... Uh, that's um, I, all right, we have to give you quick now. So. Is that where you think Bond is in this film? <laughs> he's in okay. that sweet spot this movie came out when 2006 2006 Seven? yeah six six i believe jesus yeah. mary mm. and joseph i can't believe it's been so long since i've seen a new bond i've nearly went 15 years without seeing a new bond movie that's amazing i wanted to ask you as well why you haven't participated in daniel craig bond i know some okay. of it is that you do cinema swirl, and it would be fun to do a reverse swirl. That's part of why you haven't seen them recently. That's why I've not watched it in the last six months to a year. Yeah, yeah. because there's been like a few times where Joe's like, oh, do you want to watch that? I'm like, oh, no. wait, that could be a swirl reverse. I think the main reason is that in 2006, that would have been my peak years of enjoying B-movies and okay. like that that's that was my Arnold Schwarzenegger renaissance that was the D, those were the DVD years Sam and right. I think a- again another good podcast Kevin Mann the, the DVD, DVD years <laughs> So those are my down and dirty DVD years. And I do remember in like, two, it was around 2006 when the new Bond was coming out mm-hmm. and my best pal back home, Paddy, yes. he wanted to show me the Bourne movies and mm. there was a new Bourne movie coming out as well. And I was like, I haven't seen any of them. And he's like, what if we watched them all? And then he could go see the new one in the cinema. And we did that in like one weekend or like, it was like one day we watched three Bourne movies and the Saturday we went and we saw the new one in the cinema. And I didn't dislike them because I would have said so in the three movies to four movies that I was watching. But it did certainly make me feel, you know what? I've had enough of that forever. You ever eat, like, sit down, you have, like, loads of vegetables in one meal, you kind of think, I don't need to eat another vegetable for a week, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it was very much that, but I think I've had enough of of action espionage for the next 15 years. And I didn't realise at the time that when New Bond was coming out, Mm. that it was... At least as my Philistine eyes took it, they were trying to do away with the stuff of Bond that I loved and more embrace this modern, gritty, shaky cam. Yeah, I said it. Shaky cam Barry Bond. That's not the right term. That, I don't, oh, I don't, I don't. It, this camera is shaky. The camera is shaky. So it is shaky cam. I see. So it's, you, you were kind of bloated on Bourne and you're like, I've had enough of that genre, that type. Sam, I was literally like, born again? Like, <gasps> yeah, that's how I was. <laughs> <laughs> too much born. You were full up of born, and driven with born. You'd heard Bond was like born. The new Bond was like current born, and it was taking it away from what you knew and you loved from your childhood and yeah. your earlier years of Bond. And you, so you just thought, I'm just going to give it a miss. I'm just going to let that pass. Because see that, and there wasn't much dragging me in because this is when I would not have been aware who Daniel Craig was, and I would no. say a lot of folks weren't aware who Daniel Craig was. Oh, he Obviously, was a controversial choice when he was cast. He was, and I mm. believe Layer Cake was the movie that he was kind of pegged for Bond by being in. And I yeah. saw Layer Cake a couple of years ago with Joe, and again, you must understand, in Ireland... The 
there's not necessarily the frothing clamour to see every geezer governor East End gangster flick that's on the old telly in movies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of felt I fell out of watching my Guy Ritchie stuff as well, like most of the paying public at the time. So yeah, I wasn't aware who he was. All I knew was that he's a blonde man. So therefore, a Can't terrible be choice. Yeah. Can't I, be Bond. The feeling that was thrown around at the time was he would he was a boring choice. And he yeah. wouldn't be very good, and he was blonde, and that wasn't on. And they thought as he was a boring choice, he was going to be really encroaching on the space of Jason Boring and the Boring Ultimatum, you know? So you know Daniel Craig's in it. Who mm-hmm. else is in this film? Either all of or one of the following. Okay. Christoph Waltz. Dave Batista, and Javier Bardem, I think he was in one of them. And I think I realise now I'm picking people who are all in later Bond movies because they all rose to fame. I'm thinking Inglorious Bastards, I'm thinking No Country for Old Men, and I'm thinking Batista leaving wrestling and all that <laughs> happened after 2006. Okay. So I have a funny feeling... Right. I'm not they giving didn't... away who is yeah. isn't in this, but those are good choices. Look, I will reveal that they are in this Bond franchise, this Bond okay. era. Okay, Okay. so you are right there. Will there be familiar faces, Sam? Yes. There is one particular familiar face that I think is someone that you like. I have no basis for that, but I'm pretty confident. I'm like, ah, ah, this this guy, I said it, is right up Kevin Street. Oh, is this going to be like in Mission Impossible where they made it fun and they took, like, Simon Pegg and it's like, hey, Simon Pegg, whoa, look how funny he is. And let's put him in Mission Impossible. Can you drain all the soul and colour from his soul, please? Yeah, you've guessed it. Simon Pegg's in this. In this no, I was cinema. hoping they'd do a bit of Best of British and it's like, wait, let's ruin Tim Key or someone like that, you know? Have him be an MI6 agent and become really close friends with a Hollywood megastar and be slightly distrustworthy forever. There's a few British faces from other TV bits you might might recognise. Are they best of British, though? They are best of British. Do you know who the Bond girl is? Now, I was thinking about this, and I'm not sure where this Bond is going to lie, because mm. obviously it's a new Bond, and we're doing away... I know you kind of let slip some of the silliness has gone by the wayside, and I'm not expecting there to be... I'm expecting there to be a lot of, like, classic Bond motifs, like Bond in a tuxedo, and obviously it being called Casino Royale. I imagine a few games of chance will be involved. But I'm wondering if womanizing sleazy Bond will be by the wayside, and if the Bond... I mean, if we got Jinx in Die Another the day he was meant to be like she's not a bond girl she's gonna get her own franchise that won't Mm. happen i wonder if we're gonna get more of a proper actual co-star as opposed to just like some sexy lady showing up for bond to ogle we shall see do you know anything of the villain of this piece zero no knowledge at all of no i would have thought it was christoph waltz but i'm pretty sure he's in it's it's later on because he he was fairly unknown until he had that kind of surge which definitely came after 06 by the way folks all of this time scale in my head i'm relating to wrestling right now like that's especially batista and when he left (laughs) yeah that this is where how time works for me right now like you know okay casino royale james bond we established in a Die Another Day episode that this is a reboot of the franchise. Mm. Okay, So this is a reboot. You know that. What do you think happens in Casino Royale? And how do you think this is going to be different from the Bonds that you know and love? Mm. Well, I think I'm not holding my breath for there to be Q, M, R... J, Q, X, Y, Z, and any, any, <laughs> no of the, any, any of the alphabet gang from MI6. I wonder 
if they're going to do more of a Jameson Bourne thing and it'd be not like, ah, your mission, Mr. Bond, is to go do this. Instead, yeah. it'll be like, you know, scum on the run type of a thing. You know, I, I wonder, because I've seen a lot of footage of him running, you know? Yeah, okay. And yeah, also, yeah. I am assuming that they're going to make it darker. So, like, I imagine something horrible is going to happen to him. turn the brightness down on the, on the film. Or... <laughs> yeah, to make it scarier, Sam. Yeah. So you can't even see the death claws. So I'm thinking that... The, Bond is going to be either traumatized or fucked up in a way that will make his, like, the decade or whatever he's going to be in North Korean prison at the start of Dying of the Day, which, like, didn't bother him at all. I think mm. that Bond may have, like, some more humanity to him. Like, maybe he'll be, like, traumatized by past events or something like that. I love the idea of, by the way, this is something I want to do myself, of a James Bond, and I'm sorry to make a joke about trauma, but a James Bond who's traumatized only by the silly movies. So he'll wake up and be like, bruh! What's wrong, James? I was just thinking about when I was up in space with that fellow Jaws. Like, oh, that must have been horrible. Oh, I can never sleep again. Like, can't enjoy space. <laughs> so you're picturing darker, grittier, mm. more human, more real Bond. Less of more this- human, but less humour. Less humour. Mm. So the, the character that we've established over the course of all these other films of Bond, this is something different. This is a this is a stylistic. I'm worried he's going to be a dry shite, Sam. I really am. Do you know how long this film is? Oh, is it a slog? <clears throat> it's over two hours. Okay. It's two hours twenty. All right. Well, it's two hours thirty, but it's two oh. hours twenty minus the ten for the credits. Oh, oh. we're getting close oh. there now. Oh, 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 do you know anything about the music in this? Do you know who did the Bond song? That because that can you know find its way into mm. pop culture outside of actually watching the film. Anyone you know who's done one of these recent Bond songs that you could guess who this one might be? This is a strange. I'll say this is a strange choice. It's a less strange choice, choice, but it's a good choice. I really like this song. Okay, uh, Crazy Frog. Uh, is that it? That's the villain. <laughs> it's 2006, it was still a thing. It's not Crazy Frog. Or maybe it's a mashup where it's like... <laughs> 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 ding, ding. Yeah, like that. <laughs> kind of thing it's not crazy frog it's not a mashup any idea of artists responsible for this oh oh, i'm gonna say i'm pretty sure they didn't they pick someone like fallout boy or something like that they picked like a real like kind of not it's not Mm -hmm. like a a crooner or a femme fatale it it was like kind of a a band where it was like could they conceivably provide a theme for a wrestling pay-per-view? Yes. Ah, <laughs> yes, yes. They yes, may yes. even have. We'll have to check. We'll have to check. Okay, so it's a different bond. The one thing, Sam, the one thing that I'm very, very conscious of mm. is that what is cool and edgy and new and fresh in 2006, 2006. can smell like something 14 years old, i.e. not very good. So I am not going into this expecting it to be brilliant or terrible because I think anyone who would say either way to me right now is probably like if you're if you're someone who had seen Dino the Day and then you know five years later you got to see this I'm sure it's an improvement and I'm sure you'll feel very passionately about this bond so I kind of feel like I'm prepared for that shock to be not as apparent to me. Okay, some quick, quick facts about my history with this era of James Bond. So I don't think I saw this in the cinema, because mm-hmm. I might have been too young. How old would I have been? 2000? Oh, I would have been like 15. So I, yeah. I, I think I would have had the opportunity to see it in the cinema, but I don't think I saw this in the cinema. This is one of my mum's favourite films. Really? She, she loves this. 
I was talking to her about it. She can quote any part of this. She remembers the exact plot details, like, really specifically. all the the new Bonds, or is it just this one? This is her favourite, and she says, this is the best one, and I have since been to see all of the further Daniel Craig Bond films at the cinema with my mum, mm. because I know she loves it, and she wants Amazing. to go. And my dad, famously, is not interested in Bond. Yeah. So she wanted someone to go with. I would go with my mum. I'm a good son. I've seen all of these other Daniel Craig You're Bond films. You're a much better son to your mother than that father is to your mother, <laughs> I'll tell you now. So, I, I've seen all of this era of Bond, but this this one, this feels really significant in terms of Bond films, this one. Is I, it way better than all the other ones? Are the other ones, because I have this kind of viewpoint in my head that the other ones are coasting off of this <laughs> a little bit. Like I think there is some of that perception, but that might just be that this one is held in such high esteem that some of the others seem a, a little bit shaky in comparison, much like the shaky camera that ah, is employed somewhere wait, Let's call in it this. Quake Cam, guys. It's much, much better. <laughs> This all takes place on a modified Quake level. Excellent. So, we know what I think about this film. Sort of. We know my experiences with it. We know what you think might happen. You know, what what your idea is of what this Bond's going to be. He's looking at the checklist now here, folks, (laughs) what's happening. (laughs) You You don't fully know who's in it. You don't know who did the song. We're suspecting a kind of rocky band number. Mm -hmm. Are you excited about watching Casino Royale for the first time for a podcast with your good friend Sam Chaplin. Oh, I'm I'm not gonna lie that the two hour twenty the is runtime. kind of it's it's running on my head a little bit. I maybe shouldn't have mentioned that. You maybe shouldn't yeah. have. Mm. But I've had a lot more fun watching Bond and talking about Bond than I thought I would. And I think that's the that's the thing that happens with Cinema Swirl with me is that the movies that we do then mm. end up just becoming kind of like the topics of conversation in my social circle. And like, yeah. I end up like dwelling on it a lot. And, you know, we wouldn't be doing this if we didn't have a lot of fun with all the Bond we've already done so far. So yes. on that basis alone, I can't help but be excited and... Yeah, I think it's going to be good. I think there's enough people who I like, whose opinions that I trust, Mm -hmm. who I could say they've been convinced that this will be good. In my opinion, this is a very good Bond film. Do you think I like it? Because I always ask... I always ask you if you think you'll like it. So I haven't seen any of the Bourne films, right? So I don't know... I don't know how... (laughs) We could do a Bourne as well. I don't know how similar this is to the Bourne films. If it is, I'm not sure... But I think you're going to like it. I think mm. you're going to like what this does. Not necessarily differently. But I think you're going to like it. I, my suspicion is that you will enjoy this or you will definitely take some good things away from this. Will I be staring at the screen going, stop getting Bond wrong? Is that likely? It's not outside of the realm of possibility. I don't even know how precious I am about my Bond. That's yeah. the thing. That's going to be interesting my to find bond out. for me to find out, so we're going to find out, I guess. Any plot details at all that you can imagine from this? I mean, Casino Royale, Casino. I'm pretty sure. Some gambling. That's either the... Is that the original Ian Fleming novel? Was think Casino so. Royale, I think. So I'm pretty sure that Bond's going to play Casino in it. Okay, yeah, yeah. And, as I know, Baccarat is the game that he plays uh... in question. So I'm assuming, unless this is totally disrespectful, he's going to be neck and dry martinis... And he's going to be playing Baccarat in a casino, wearing a tuxedo. Bond! Kevin, let's find out if that happens. Let's go do a reverse swirl.
And we're back. Casino Royale, James Bond 007. Kevin, what are your initial gut reactions? Hang on, I've written this down here now. Okay. I, I, I wanted to be a multifaceted noise because I thought I could elevate it. You know, and not just be monotonal. You know, that's a polyphonic reaction right there, folks. I do often sound like a creaky door being opened. (laughs) (laughs) Well, mine was a creaky door being opened, closed again because you're not sure. Then, no, fuck it, we just have to, come on, rip off the bandage. Let's do it. Was that your genuine gut reaction, though, Kevin? Or was that more of a spoof and a goof on me and what I do? How did you feel about Casino Royale? Just two birds, one stone... One James Bond right there. Mm-hmm. I was impressed in waves, is what I was. Okay. I was impre- that was a multifaceted impression that the movie made on me. And I think it's all positive, Sam. I've had a, yeah. an absolute whale of a time mm-hmm. with this very, very long movie. It's a long movie. And I will say, I don't think outside of me watching Lord of the Rings movies indulgently, mm. that I've ever had as much fun with as long a movie on... Well, I guess it's never happened before. It's reverse swirl. Can this always be the way that I get the fun ones? Like, you know, that would yeah, be, yeah, you yeah. get the funions. Great. Yeah, I'd love fun. So the overall gut feeling so far is good time had. By if my goods could wrench themselves into a gesture, Sam, it would be a hearty thumbs up. Okay. Now, Kevin, I'll tell you what I do like about this film, because we open in Prague, right? And it's noir bond. Oh. Get this little black and white noir bit. I was very taken aback here. Where's my bond? I've got no opener. He's black and white. He's all tilty. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know what was going on here, Sam. I was like a fish out of water into some other sort of fluid. Yes. A man heading up to his office. Bond's here, sitting in the chair. He spins around. Like, ah, I'm, I'm here. This is some, as he puts it, bent MI6 member who's been selling secrets. Yeah, and I was a bit kind of annoyed at this point because I was under the assumption that this was meant to be this kind of like new Bond where it's a mm. little bit, like there was a bit of a higher level of writing and he's just sitting there going like, oh mate, you're bent. I'm like, alright, is that like, that's how you want to usher in the new <laughs> James? Oh, is this the lad's generation James Bond modern, does it? is he that, that, that strongbow uh, purple that you said that he was going to be uh, quaffing seems more realistic by the second Sam yeah this is a nice little bit of exposition here and this is a bit of framing of where we are in Bond's career because this lad who's been busted he said ah if, I, if you were gonna you know M would have sent a double O and your record shows no kills and it takes two kills to be a double O. Are the O do the O stand for kill? I you always wanted that per because kill? he'd be like, whoa seven if in that case because he like in this movie alone the body mm. count is quite staggering yes and they almost like portray Bond as giving less of a shit about it than like Sean Connery or Roger Moore who are more interested in looking cool and quipping about it mm. but I did like when they were showing his past actions that first kill first kill it was probably the least glamorous thing I've ever seen in James Bond and we've just watched Die Another Day so you know that was saying something it was gritty both totally and actually the texture of the film grain was oh, like yeah. really no, they'd, they'd rubbed that I they put did my crumb tray last week and it's same business you know same old business <laughs> he's very killy though isn't he he's very killy he's very killy this is particularly brutal this this beating of a guy in a bathroom drowning him in the sink fucking no hell no quip as well and 
what I thought was very bold of the movie, Sam, is I figured there'd be no quips, or at least the quips would be very, very few and far between. Mm. But they keep presenting us with these moments over and over again, giving the audience a collective sense of like, Ugh! because he does something and then it's like, there's an obvious quip. I'm drowning in regret with what I've just done. But no, like, and even that quip was actually for the tone of the movie was right as well because he regretted what he did and it was mm. dirty, nasty business. But we still got our bit of a quip, didn't we? I think if I drowned someone in a sink in the way that he'd done, I'd say, yeah, uh, and hey, let that sink in. Hey, uh, yeah, no. you know, <laughs> or, oh, God, I had to do everything but the kitchen sink to kill it. Hang on a second. <laughs> But we get none of that. We do get a little bit of kind of smarmy quippery when, you know, this guy who Bond's been sent to kill is like, ah, well, you've only killed one person. And, oh, did he make you feel that kill? You know, the the, the second one, and he goes, pop considerably because the guy is about to say the second one feels worse or you've it's easier or it's better or something i don't know and then i shot mate your bent bam that was the long and short of it apparently so here we go he's the double o new timeline reboot <laughs> yeah because he's a double o now yeah. we can go you're not allowed to do that unless you're a double o right don't even think about it that's why most of the spooks and spooks couldn't do it he does the little you know bang gun bit in a bathroom that's our new world. bond yeah, just on a, on a tiled floor. Is that the thing that it's like the new thing for Bond when you watch the movie? It's not like, if he'll do it, it's where will he do it next? Is that <laughs> the, it? He's the Bam Margera of MI6. Like, exactly. Wh- where is he going to be? What's he up to, that cheeky And he chappy? just walks off the side of a building. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> and hey, we've got our title sequence. Yeah! Ears pricked up because you told me that I should have my ears to the ground for this mm. one. And it was... Chris Cornell, yes. who is in some band, and I thought, was it Corn? But I thought, no, it was the surname there. It was leading me down the primrose path a bit, I think. <laughs> that makes it sound like it's a, like a an inverted commas middle name. Chris Cornell. <laughs> no, Chris Cornell, with uh, what I would say is not a super-duper memorable tune, but it does feel like a you know powerful belter. What, what would I know him from then, Sam? You would know him from, I think, I think, Soundgarden. Yeah, and Audio Slave. I didn't realise because I thought he could only sound like he was underwater. <laughs> it's to tie in with the the sync thing is what they were doing there. Uh, now in this this little title sequence, all the motion graphics, James Bond did have a kind of filter on him that I remember using extensively in my early days of using Photoshop. <laughs> the kind of ah, yeah, because there was some the, the titles here. I had many thoughts about the titles. Mm-hmm. First of all, it gave me strong four star. App Store pick of the week vibes with the artwork stylings yeah. here. Yeah, good. You know, it's a classic. It's a, it's a compliment, but if you overthink it, it becomes an insult. Which <laughs> I, that's, a, that's a time delay right there. Also, the music and we're all the kind of the razzmatazz mm. happening, lots of crazy zippity zoo shots. It was really reminding me of like an anime opening, as in like an anime that's already had an established opening, and then its second season is like. Bah, 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 bah. It's different, you know. Yeah. Also, James Bond hit a man in this so hard he became cards. <laughs> that was wild. I can see this different bond that you've been telling me about, though. <laughs> um, so, title sequence, I really liked it. It does look a bit like the sort of thing, and this is getting way into the weeds here, that I would imagine around the time this came out, there would have been tons of tutorials 
on how to recreate this in Adobe After Effects. Or I how to recreate this still there. in most games, apps, and yeah. visual assets that you will see. Like, this was straight out of, I would say, every... <laughs> Here's the problem, folks. When you know a lot of people who've done media at the university mm. degree, you've seen a lot of final year media projects and presentations. I've, I've seen my fair share of this throughout the yeah. years. But, I mean, look, it's a good title sequence. It oh, feels I mean, it's for a reason. Like, it's... it's, yeah. ve- it's and it's very different for Bond. They, they were very much holding back on the babes. Yes. And I was thinking that, and then that old Queen of Hearts came out. I thought, well, all right, well, the, cla- the classic babes, who are all-time classics, the Queen of Hearts of cards fame. But then they opened up her face. It's like, whoa, it's a real lady. Whoa, no, you too, too fast. You didn't see the babe. It's a far cry from the ice lady and the fire lady swimming around in 3D CGI that we had in Die Another Day, and I'm glad of it. Yeah, there are... They're going to call it Die Another Docks there for a second. <laughs> I don't know why. I, I really kind of was surprised that there was no analogy for Bond entering a woman in some way. Yeah, like, none of that. that. almost always happens. <laughs> oh, there was also club nipples. Which I liked. Yeah, but I've been there before. <laughs> yeah, there, there were club nipples. And then at the end, the big turn to the camera. Here, I thought I was watching James Bond, not Mickey Blue Eyes. Am I right? <laughs> what a sparkle he has. He's a very handsome Bond. Very handsome, very rugged. We cut to Uganda, and here is our Bond villain. It's a man who I thought you would like. Just the actor, I just thought you would like him. I feel like he's up your street. It's only bloody Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah, of Hannibal fame. And I know once he You're was in Hannibal... You're a Mads man, aren't you? I mean, I'm a man's man. I, yeah. I, I never needed a reason to drink Carlsberg, but Mans gave me one, and i am always be very... Th- He's in the Paddy McGuinness level of, of pitch man, as far as I'm concerned. And, like, and I mean that as a great compliment, because uh, yes. only yeah, yeah. a great actor could really pull that off. Now, I know he's shown up in a bajillion million things, but I know that he kind of shot to fame or relative new fame mm. with the Hannibal TV series which yes. I'm not sure if you've watched because I know I we did Silence no. of the Lambs but that was one of the few times I watched a TV show that ended up being too yucky for me to keep watching right okay and it just it, it was I think a lot of people are listening are probably big fans of it and I mm. never considered myself squeamish but at the time there was just a little bit too much meat in my diet there for, for it so I had to stop after the second season but I like him a lot when he said oh here was someone I thought you would like I thought you were making reference to this very much a, a James this very much this Coney figure here this uh, this Ugandan warlord who has child soldiers and yeah. his, his roots run deep I'll tell you now it's a full six years ahead of the gang at Invisible Children Bond <laughs> knew where the Bond didn't need to make him famous he didn't need a flash mob any opportunity for you <laughs> to bring back Coney 2012 baby you I know still what, believe. Sam, I got the T-shirt, ironically, and yeah. it still cost, unironically, a lot of money. So yeah. anyway, it means you get your money's worth. Yeah. to bring it back. There was a period of time I thought I could do a stand-up routine about that, but I remembered I have to go to and from the venue, and that would have been a big issue. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, Le Chiffre is our villain, Mads Mikkelsen. He is a banker for criminals... You know, dodgy sorts, that's his thing. He supplies them with available cash that they can get in, ex- in exchange for some 
you know, monetary reward there. I think it's it's the dark web, Sam. I think that's what that is. It's the dark web. He supplies this Ugandan warlord figure with some money and then immediately puts a big short, and I'm very confident on my stocks knowledge here because I've watched the big short. I have also watched the big short, but I didn't know what that meant. He puts on his big shorts <laughs> and he shorts stocks in Skyfleet, basically betting against a company. And we're like, hmm, why are you doing that? His financial advisor was like, mate, it's a sure bet. Stocks are only going to go up. Don't bet against it. And he's like, I'm going to bet against it. Oh, it's so dumb, Sam, because like, if you've played Grand Theft Auto and you've tried this, you know it's ultimately futile to go and destroy one company and then have your stocks in the other company. Like, yeah, it's such a mugs game, the stock market. Like, gosh. Yeah, you just you just pay up for those shark card things that they have now. I, That's I don't, what all the kids are doing. I don't know how GTA Online works. I've never, never enjoyed it. But the, the, well, in, in the main campaign, there is a stocks component isn't there oh then no, there is there's a large stocks component yeah. which yeah. i spent a long time with so much so that i ultimately had to research and find out the hard way that it was futile and then here i am nearly 10 years later making a bitter abstract joke about it <laughs> uh, reaching at best <laughs> is it, is it? i'm fine it's all right i'm fine so hey locations you know, all over the place here. We're Skipping now to- around the world, James Bond is a regular old travel bug in this. And yeah, we were not as keen on that on Die Another Day because it felt like he was going any which way just because. But mm. the glow popping seemed to make sense. And I'm not sure if it just seemed to make sense because I liked the movie a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. I think it, the long-standing tradition of various kind of interesting locations is still playing pretty strong here. We cut to Madagascar. Bond's watching a snake fighter ferret, and there's there's a fella, a, a lad with burns on his face, who receives a text that says ellipsis, and then off he goes. He's running. Ooh. He knows they're onto him, and the, you know James and his little mate are spying on him, and they've got to run after him. Ellipsis. Now I was wondering mm. if you thought that was like an off-brand. It's just as good as a Calippo, or if it would be a hypothetical. Summer's here, and Ellipsis is the new Calippo spin-off uh. ice cream, where it's like kind of it's like a big Calippo or a Calippo in a tub or something like that. You know, kind of a yeah. new spin on the classic Calippo formula. I do just really want a Calippo. Now you've said that, I just want a big. Lovely Calippo, you know. Yeah, maybe it's best for it to be a, not a spin-off then, because you don't want to you don't want to dilute the waters of the of the Calippo branch. Nothing worse than a diluted Calippo. The Calippo yeah. itself, yeah, very much. So. Although when it melts and there's a little bit in, in the bottom of the sleeve, the Calippo sleeve, and you kind of suck it out that is glorious i would say yeah and you know what i kind of feel it's our job as people who review movies on the internet to let it know when we want to see other things come in because you know the the cigarette going all right i'm out of here and the cigarette gets flicked out like that's going the way the dinosaur you can't be having that on screen anymore and i would say if someone's saying oh i'll see you later taking a big tug on their dirty vape i don't know if that's gonna have the same impact someone finishing off a calippo I yep. think that could be a player, Sam. Toss it to one side, you know, because littering is a baddie's move. So you could, you know, suck the last bit out of a Calippo, toss it aside, boom, done. I think so. The Calippo wrapper is is kind of paper and card, isn't it? I wonder how biodegradable it is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's kind of ethical littering. Maybe he's a more know. complex character then. But hey, Kevin, this is a really good sequence, this whole parkour chase here that we've got. Yeah, this got me kind of excited for the rest of the movie because yeah. this was the action that was on on deck. This is the part of the movie where I realised, oh, okay, I'm going to enjoy the action a lot because mm. it was very 
I don't want to say believable, but it had a weight and a reality to it. Yes. Yeah, there is a, an element of realism. I think this guy was a genuine parkour fella doing it's all incredible. that. Yeah. Like, uh, it was It was really fun stuff. Hence my, my scant note-taking here. But I did like when we got to see the Bondozer, which was another obscure vehicle that gets brought out. And I hoped... You know, I, I mentioned Dino the Day on the review that there were less kind of merchandising opportunities done for this movie, I know, yeah. because they were trying to rehab the brand a little bit. But I'm assuming the Bond Dozer playset was still released. You would hope so, wouldn't you? Yeah, Yeah, right. A, bi- a big old Bond <laughs> um, This got me thinking that both of these lads would do quite well on Ninja Warrior slash Ultimate Beastmaster. Oh, I don't know. I think that James Bond would be drowning in the blood of the beast any second yeah. now. Yeah. He's, he fools rush into the beast, Sam. That's what happens. Fools rush in. Or, or Chris Kamara and Ben Shepard would, would be absolutely rinsing him with some, <laughs> some solid time. And, and CM Punk and Stu Bennett would be on their phones, but they're, you know, they're there and they're happy to be part of the brand. <laughs> Yeah, this is all, like, beautifully shot, very tense. Have you tense. played any yeah. of the Uncharted games, as a matter no, of interest? No, I haven't, no. Because this had big Uncharted vibes to it, in that there was lots of crashy, smashy action, mm. and the majority of the focus was in the fact that the protagonist was getting the shit battered out of him all the time. The like Bond gets the absolute bejesus knocked out of him, here and throughout. Yeah, it, so that's the part of this realism thing. You do see Bond, a lot of times, look properly knackered, fucked up, in pain, tired, like really exhausted, sad. You, we don't get much of this stuff from Bond in some of the other films, and when we do, it's it's a really big deal, but here it's kind of the reality of being a, a double O agent. <laughs> Compared to Roger Moore, he's not even like scared or even angry at any point. There's two modes for Roger Moore, which is, mm. hello, I'm Roger Moore. And then there's, hello, I'm Roger Moore. And there's one of the eyebrows is extended though, yeah. isn't it? And that's it's like final form Roger Moore. Like that's the proper power level right there. But James does look like nervous and scared jumping from one fucking massive crane yeah, to another. Yeah, because he's jumping against a professional Mario. It's not yeah. fair. <laughs> they eventually manage to make it down back to the ground. He chases this guy to an embassy. He's supposed to be bringing him in alive. But the, the embassy... You were mentioning video game looking things. Hitman. This embassy. Oh, the hit. There's a level yeah, in the new yeah. Hitman that's identical looks to exactly this. Exactly the same. Yeah. I was like, and a few times later on, I was like, oh, this is exactly the same. And also the chase sequence here at the start. I mean, there is a part in Uncharted. I think it's three or four hmm. where you're in a marketplace. I've played them all back to back recently. Yeah. But there was a sequence that was like, oh, that was very obviously inspired. This thing, I think, is a lot more inspirational yeah. in, than you would realize, I guess, because people still refer to it as like, oh a cool new Bond movie but it's fucking 14 years old now it's inspired a whole generation of things it seems unless this embassy is a real embassy or model on a real embassy and then Hitman modelled it on that but it just it looks I, de- I was like I've played I've been in this place is it, but I've been on it on Hitman sneaking around oh you know what the difference was there were yeah. quips then is what was happening <laughs> The bald lad from Hitman, just being like... The bald lad from Hitman, he'd be so much more fun in this, though, wouldn't he? (laughs) He'd be so much more fun. He'd be like, I'm dying to kill you, and then he'd kill him. James gets cornered, he has this bomb maker hostage, seems to let him go and drop his weapon, but he brings out another gun, bang, bang, blows the bloody building up. Uh, I believe there's a term for that, Sam, which is... Mm. Bam! Lots of kablooies and bim-bams in this, and I was very happy about that. Yes. Now, Kevin... I think one of my favourite villain traits 
comes from Le Chiffre here, mm-hmm. who weeps blood from his eyes. Like I mean, Jesus did. I, I mean, come on. I come can eat on. the garden, am I right? And the, the delivery of weeping blood comes from a derangement of the tear duct. <laughs> Nothing sinister. I'm like, oh, mate, come on. That's that's good villain stuff. He's got he's got a little inhaler as well. I think he's got asthma. I, but he looks cool as fuck. Oh, yeah. No, I was yeah. enjoying the fuck out of the villain aesthetic here. I have, mm. a, I have a particular love of villainry and villains in movies. And I think when we were coming into this new Bond, we were kind of just getting into the first act at this point. And I'd seen stuff that I liked, but I wasn't necessarily seeing stuff that was like, ah, there's my James Bond bread and butter. I was just preparing yeah. myself for a whole, new experience and we've got a really bad baddie with a really mm-hmm. cool looking scar that would make my cool looking scar blush you got sexy evil mysterious bond lady in the background there's fucking cards yeah i don't realize i knew this but i was fucking riveted by cards i was so riveted yeah. like i seek out the card playing aspect of a lot of video games like if i play in yakuza or red dead i'm like mm. oh i'll do like even if i just Joe was playing those games and it's like, oh, the card bit. I'm like, oh, I'll do that. I'll do that. Right. And when I was a teacher, I would try to use card stuff a lot as well. And fuck me if I am not. A so- I could watch a whole series that is just built around high stakes poker, I think. Hell, I might even watch high stakes poker. Poker. Is it as fun as this? You should be staying up at like two in the morning on Channel 5 or something. And you'll probably do they get weep your- blood? No, that's the thing. They-, they usually just wear sunglasses or have a funny hat. Also, if anyone who is at home is someone who is into, you know, pro poker or anything like that. It's mm. the sheer quantity of absolute fucking slamming five-star Bobby Dazzler hands. Does that happen? Do you, like elite <laughs> players just get these cards, or is that not more? That's kind of an unrealistic. I've got seven thing. aces here. Everything's because <laughs> yes. I'm feeling what I really need, Sam, is some sort of poker animate one <laughs> that's really high octane, over the top, and dramatic, and entirely dramatically justified. Now, Kevin, the only holdover, the only mainstay that we get coming back in this film is old Judy Dench as M. She's back. I mean, that's part of the franchise, though. You try and kick out Judy Dench, they would have had a riot on their hands. Yeah, I suppose. But yeah, so Judy Dench is here as M, and she is absolutely eviscerating James Bond for being a dickhead and shooting up an embassy and saying, How the hell could Bond be so stupid? In the old days, if an agent did something that embarrassing, he'd have the good sense to defect. Christ, I miss the Cold War. I oh mean, my God. You know, this was crazy as slam. well. Because, you know, you think back to you know previous episodes where we had episode one for instance you know a little bit of a hint of the procedure like we all like and you see M she's actually in the House of Commons and I'm like with that select committee are you kidding me <laughs> oh my god who who tabled that motion am I right James is trying to investigate the source of this text this ellipsis text he's fascinated by that oh he's also a tabloid demon as well now like he's yeah. all over like he's a bl- cold blooded killer bad lad agent blows up embassy shocker it'd be more like bad lad gone mad kills slag or you know, something <laughs> like that you know that would probably be the level of your British media. <laughs> he's, he's narrowed it down to somewhere called the Ocean Club on Paradise Island, which again feels very James Bond. We're not a million miles away from where we were before, which is nice. This is the point of the movie when he's doing his bit of sleuthing to make up for the fact that he messed up kind of big yeah. time. Where I came to the conclusion that this is the first time where Bond has in any way been portrayed as like just a bit shit. Like yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. He is a bit shit. She refers to him as being a blunt instrument. I'm like, yeah, that's cold, but very accurate. Yeah. He's an absolute 
absolute weapon of a tool here. She basically says to him, because he breaks into her house to say, oh, hey, I'm here. And she's like, look, mate, you fucked it. Go away and hide for a bit. I'm annoyed at you. You're a dick. And it, look, this is early career James Bond. He's still making mistakes at this point. When we've seen James Bond before, even the first James Bond, I think Dr. No, we don't establish how he becomes a double O agent. We don't see him so early on in his career. So this is an interesting point where he's still not quite there yet in terms of the Bond that we know. This is when Hollywood developed its becoming fetish that it's yeah, latched onto yeah, yeah. pretty much. Bond backstory. <laughs> you know what? Just one time I want to find out how Spider-Man like, became Spider-Man. <laughs> Just one time. <laughs> so, hey, more fun, glamorous locations. We're off to the fucking Bahamas, mate. To oh, the baby. Ocean Club. He's looking cool in Yacht Town. Oh, he's such a typical bust-up Brits abroad, am I right? Huh? All of us now who are listening who aren't from Britain, did you see this now? Him getting the big car and sure he only went and he crashed it. <laughs> Boozy Brits abroad. Yeah, remember that? Remember them old shows they used to run? Glugged up Brits being dicks. Yeah, remember those shows? Proper BBC show. Three moment. But it's it's smart, and this again reminded me kind of of Hitman. But I guess that's all spy and espionage stuff. Smashing up the car so that security runs out to go and investigate what's going on with all these car alarms going off in the car park, and he manages to sneak in and success track down Demetrius his yes. man mm. who he's informed doesn't suffer fills gladly but lives nearby and this is when we get our first of a quite a few actually I was very impressed by this that we I think we saw as many sexy bonds having mm. a dip as we saw sexy ladies having a dip and we also saw a sexy lady on a horse as well so I would ideally I mean I know we got Charlton Heston on a horse and you know and, and Planet of the Apes but I would like that in the next Bond in Quantum of, bond of on Solace horse. Bond yeah. on a horse please that that moment of james popping out of the water with his little trunks is quite iconic isn't it that's become you, were you familiar with that image before we watched this oh yeah but all i could think of was like i wonder if he was i bet he was nice and warm on like halle berry but they waited till it was a nice warm day yeah. for him to do that now and wasn't he it was of course they're in the bahamas you know it was probably nice and hot and just right yeah he catches the eye of the man who sent or received the ellipsis text his wife all i will say sam is if the water was cold mm. then Daniel Craig in addition to be having an excellent bond has very disciplined nipples <laughs> he, he does that's fair play and those disciplined nipples they catch the eye of the wife of the man who he's trying to track down is it Demetrius? yes Demetrius yes, yes. His, his wife whose name I don't think I caught no I didn't catch her name either no. she, she was part of a cacophony of bond background characters yeah. bond's doing all this kind of on his own he's, he's already a rogue agent is that what mm. I'm assuming from what's happening yeah, yeah, here? Yeah, he's doing this off his own back. Now, I have a big question for you, seeing as you're British and you might know. Does the real head of MI6, like M does here, does the real head of MI6 have like a cyber booth bedside table? It's like... Because there were a lot of very silly gadgets in this in spite of it being very serious. Like, at one point, yeah. he was using a Sony Ericsson. It was so wacky. <laughs> very silly gadget. Yeah, there's no cue to guide us through Gadget Town. But M's, M's cyber bedside table and James's Sony Ericsson mobile phone are, you know, pretty ahead of the curve in terms of 
fancy gadgets. When he's at the casino, his new drink of choice, he orders a, a large Mount Gay with soda. What the frig is that? I think that's sort of meant to establish that James doesn't have his signature drink yet. He drinks all sorts of drinks. He's still, oh, I just like different drinks. He orders all sorts of different things throughout this. And so he, he plays poker with this, this bad man in this little... I think it's like a little casino room, isn't it? Oh, yeah, he's, it is. Yeah, got, yeah. yeah. And manages to win an Aston Martin from this fella. Not so bad. He's got three cars now, by the way, at this point. Yeah. Say nothing of Grand Theft Auto. I don't know where he's got the garage space in a fucking hotel room. He's got three fucking cars. So not only does James beat this man in poker, get ownership of his car... He then flirts with his wife, invites her for a drink at his place, which is the same place they're outside. There's a fun sequence of them just driving around the block to prove a point. He seduces the man's wife, nicks his car... I mean, it's it's James Bond. It's still James Bond. He's still doing Bond stuff. But they've kind of recontextualised it to be like, oh, this James Bond's a bit of a bad bastard. Because yeah. they do make out that he's a bit of a dick. And I don't know if it, that's just the movie deliberately played that way that you can make up your own mind. But the one moment I thought where maybe I was at odds with the movie's presentation with Bond mm. was when he's like, right, let me take you to my place. And then he like skids around the car. Like, like he drives around like a fucking knob. And then he's like, well, we're here. And like, if that was meant to be cool, then I am not on board with this bond. If that was meant to be like, look at this fucking tryhard fucking it's, the catalytic converter isn't even going to start up james i think it's not necessary yeah it's not necessarily meant to be read as cool there are some dickhead moments from bond and i think he's almost admitting and kind of acknowledging his flaws here he's, he's going on about how he has a thing for married women and you know he's he's just a, a little bit of a wrong he's a dirty and, old man is what he is and he does know it it's not like hey this is great i love being like this he's more like look I'm a weird dude, but it's who I am. And I can only get off by driving around like an absolute <laughs> jackass. So he he does the business now with, with, with the wife, and yes. they're all flirty and wriggly, mm-hmm. and then he's like, give me some bolly, a bit of that caviar, and he's like, for one. And then like, well, I think it's very funny is that the one time he does a quip here, he does it to the other person. Like, if he said that to her, I'd be like, oh, wow, you're dumping me. But he's like, he says it to the On room the phone service, to room service. Like, all right, great because Demetrius he's on the last flight out to Miami he's getting out of here on a downtown plane and so he's in hot pursuit is James Bond now they end up in body world Miami where I believe around this time I did go to the body I can't remember what exactly it was called but it was yeah this was obviously meant to be inspired by that real life exhibit that was going around where they had like you know the, the body stripped back to all the different layers of anatomy mm. but I only found out after the fact that apparently it was really dodgy and like lots of the cadavers that they had gotten were from like unnamed and unknown Chinese prisoners and whatnot. Oh, so, Jesus. So it was an effectively harrowing area for, for Bond to make his pursuit. And yeah. I think they did get their hooks into me here and to enjoy the savagery of this Bond because I have written here an absolute great stab by James here that he does. A great stab and brilliant undetected spy work to be able to stab and kill a man in the middle of a busy exhibit in a museum type place. I mean, I just and get away whispering, with it. Da, 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 da. As you stick the knife. Yeah. In. <laughs> <laughs> 
But he's now got to pursue a henchman who is involved. So he's tracked down this guy. Now he's following the henchman. And, oh, Kevin, I forgot about the oh, random Richard sake, Branson yeah. cameo in this. Which... Yeah, because Richard Branson just had to be there. In the, like, like he was so obviously there. You might as yeah. well have fucking... It was like the equivalent of the bird that screeches in Citizen Kane. It's like, are you paying attention? It's Richard Branson for some reason. A Richard Branson jump scare. You can't not notice it that, that Richard Branson's here. For, oh, I'm being scanned for an airport. Oh, what am I like? Uh, do you want me to do Richard Branson on Shark Tank? Because I realise he was yes, missing please. from the, the, the On Point parody recently. Richard, what are your thoughts? <laughs> that's, my, uh, that's my impression of him. He is the human embodiment of someone going... Um, Breathe now, or smile. Pick a fucking lane, Rick. Come on. <laughs> little behind-the-scenes snippet. When I edit Cinema Swirl, I have to cut out a lot of me after I laugh, going like that. Because it's, it's one of the most unpleasant noises. So for your sakes, listeners, I always chop out... I mostly try and chop out me going like that, because I, I do oh, it a lot. we make all sorts of horrible noises. I, oh. I don't know how many of mine you include. Look, I trim out the things that I think would be... Unbearable for the listening Uh, public. Unbearable, yeah. (laughs) Bond's tracked down the henchman to the airport. He thinks a bomb's about to go off, and he realises that ellipsis is actually a code hidden in text message language. Do you remember that, when you had the numbers and the buttons? Ah, no. Which he uses to get through the security doors in Miami airport to track down this bad man that he's chasing. Will this be the last ever spy movie that includes, like, digit buttons on a phone? (laughs) Oh, maybe. That's a, that's a skill that they're going to lose that generation of spies. Although I, I think that... Because the iPhone came out the year after this. Right, sure t- 2007. It was patently obvious. So they're like, let's look at my Sony Ericsson. Wow, I can make yeah. ringtones and also display complex 3D graphics. But I would imagine what happened for certain films like this between roughly 2007 and 2009, before smartphones had gone big... Yeah. was that companies who weren't Apple would pay shitloads to get their rival phone as the default phone for these villains. Uh, not, well, heroes and villains and protagonists and things. They, they'd get them using the their old-fashioned flip phones and things to try and cling on, and it and wouldn't that's work. Sam Why the new generation of 007 agents all use Microsoft Zune. The name's Zune. Microsoft Zune. <laughs> Bond's on the phone to M, just being like, oh, the, look, the Skyfleet thing's going to blow up. Uh, oh, because I was completely amiss to the plan here at this point, because Bond was giving chase to this guy, and then this guy came in, he went through a secret door, and then he like pulled the lever, and all the sprinklers went on. I'm like, yeah. this bastard is going to make everyone wet, everyone wet <laughs> yeah. in the airport, in the whole airport. And I was like, right, it's not quite as far-fetched as, say, the heroin plan with the filet of soul restaurants yeah. from previous bonds but it was a bit of a stretch I would admit in terms of a terror plot a terror plot to just get everyone a bit cold and annoyed and damp was the was the plan there but no Bond realises hey it's Sky a big Fleet, plane plan is what it is Skyfleet is the target this prototype plane is going to get blown up he's trying to tell this to M doesn't work and we remember that Le Chiffre of course shorted against the value of this Skyfleet thing so he's in on this he knows what's going to happen he's behind this attack or at least he has knowledge of it I was very excited when 
Bond was on top of the fuel truck that was speeding yes, towards yes, the yes, big, yes, yes, yes. the big, big plane. This was very high octane moments. Yeah. But I did also particularly like when, very briefly, mm-hmm. a oncoming, I don't know what you call them, those weird flat runway cars was coming up. And I was like, oh, maybe we're going to set a new president because died of the day we had hovercraft, we had the special oh, you want flying Bond going on one of those. We had a Bond dozer earlier. I was thinking, is he going to get on this flatbed truck? Alas, not. Quite, not. But he's on the fuel truck having a kind of a showdown with this guy like climbing up on top of it and then climbing into the cab and, and they, they drive through a bendy bus which for me that was crazy because i always thought if you drove through the bendy bit it would just go <laughs> just bring you back the other way yeah <laughs> another great action thing is a, a cop car getting whooshed out of the way by a plane taking off i love cars getting just whooshed out of the way by high speed I was very worried because I, I thought it was some sort of like flying police car like, that's the last thing we bloody need here <laughs> now but no it was just being whooshed which was good and yeah somewhere I bet JK Rowling was like oh and no one steal my idea as James Bond stole my no 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 James Bond you can have my idea there right yeah likely story huh <laughs> James managed to just stop from crashing into this big plane but the baddie has got this detonator ah. with the bomb and he's like, beep, 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 beep. you're going to blow up, mate, because you're in the thing with the car. The is bombed in the bomb, Sam. It was amazing, a bomb bomb. He'd clipped the bomb to the man's bum without him realising it, and his bomb gets blown up big star, baby. And we have the sexy lady from the previous scene has been killed off camera. So some habits die hard. Uh, and some yes. Bond girls just will always die. That's just the uh, the rule of Bond. It's particularly brutal. M revealing that she, she was tortured first, and that, you know, that this was because he'd killed her husband and they, that was the only one they could question. And it's, uh, it's, he does look a bit sad here. He's not completely emotionally detached. Oh, I thought he was sad because he was being geotagged without his consent. <laughs> yes, he does. M does inject a tracking device into him to keep an okay, eye on him. Right, he gets injected with a device, all mm. right? And then afterwards he's told, you have to go to Montenegro because there's this card tournament where players from all across the world are going to compete for like the ultimate prize. And I didn't think there would be many similarities between James Bond and the first season of Yu-Gi-Oh! But there were some there, and I was very, very eager to see how it unfolded. I mean, th- this is a really interesting plot. I think this is quite closely tied with the original novel of Casino Royale. This is pretty close to it. Oh yeah, but but Mans Mikkelsen, I think, could do a good job as Pegasus. I think he'd actually be quite chilling <laughs> in the role. So Le Chiffre, because he bet against that company, he's lost $101 million, and he now has none of his clients money he needs to recoup those losses by playing in a big poker tournament which for a villain is a risky move this all feels a bit uncut gems not only have we got james bond being a bit rough around the edges still making mistakes we've got a villain here yeah who's not perfect and is kind of struggling and it's actually sort of fucked up here really like you know it's so interesting it's infinitely yeah. interesting because i'm watching jojo's bizarre adventure at the moment which is a show that takes a great revelry in showing you this like kind of big scary baddie for the mm. for whatever the episode or arc is going to be but then you will see that baddie go through the types of crises and the types of like oh shit what will I do now that you usually would associate with like a hero and the fact that he is in like this like 
he's in way over his head and he also has like you know everything to gain and kind of nothing yeah. to lose except his life i was really impressed because it made it even more high stakes and i thought i was not going to enjoy all the gambling stuff because i thought it would just be bond being like super calm and casual and being like i never lose and then it just being like oh someone's going to cheat or something no it was proper like two guys who were like scarily vulnerable i loved it yeah because james is playing with the government's money and if he loses the government is funding terrorism and that's where you introduce to vesper right vesper yes, is there she's the accounts lady from the treasury right mm-hmm. yeah eva green just a couple of orphans on a high class five-star train chatting about each other figuring each other out over many bottles of wine 2006 and the taxpayer excess <laughs> gordon brown's britain indeed britain is inverted commas so this is on the train to montenegro and vesper wait no it's not gordon brown's britain it's Tony Blair's Britain. Oh. Well, that even explains it even bloody more. Tony B. Liar. I-, I did like when they said, you know, if you lose, James, you're going to accidentally internationally fund terrorism. Can you just read this little bus that I've drawn here on my... Can you see my bus? Uh, we spend... <laughs> we spend... 10 million potentially funding terrorism in poker games. <laughs> Shouldn't we use that for NHS? Yeah, right? I think that would work. <laughs> that would work. It needs to be one of them big buses now, though, because it's quite <laughs> verbose. So Eva Green as Vesper, she's plonked herself down opposite Bond to kind of introduce herself. And we get a little bit of quippiness from Bond. She sits down and immediately says, I'm the money. And he looks up and down and says, every penny of it. That's kind of classic Bond here. But sh- he's trying to do this almost Sherlock Holmes, you know, recent Sherlock like Holmes, like figuring out of who she is and what she's up to and but whether she's an the fact that orphan. he does it, Sam, without even once stepping foot into his mind palace, that's like, <laughs> that's that's a big game he's playing right there. I don't know if I'd be confident in that. No, but she fires right back. She's a good match for Bond here in terms of this intellectual tennis game that they're playing. Yeah, I always love when someone can try and figure you out in a few seconds and I've always wanted someone to try and do it with me because I don't want to say that I'm inscrutable, but it's just that everyone in this country seems to really struggle to place me anywhere in the world so i'd love to see bond have a go at at (laughs) me do your worst so after he's been actually kind of a little bit eviscerated again Mm? his response is she asks how was the lamb he says skewered one sympathizes ah come on that is quick bond that is very quick that's very Ah. sexy dinner for a dinner on a train which is very rarely has any sort of atmosphere it'd be funny if it was the two of them sat sideways eating like kind of you know reduced sandwiches and drinking cans instead because that's probably more accurate like dinner on a train situation (laughs) (laughs) they're they're quite cute together these two they've got a fiery snappy wits between them a a, a dynamism they've got chemistry sam They've got chemistry. They're in character now as Arlington Beach and, as Bond puts it, and I can't tell if he's joking, Stephanie Broadchest. Um, uh, Vespa immediately is like, I am not. Come on, James, get out of here. Well, he wanted to call her Tony Big Boobs originally, but MI6 said that it was too crude. So, you know, someone was trying to compromise. But it, he's an arrogant man. When they check into the hotel, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm James Arlington Bond. Yeah. <laughs> Shaken, not stirred. Where's the baddie? I'm going to go win. I've got 10 million from the treasury here now. So I do. Uh, like he, it's, he reacts like a child who's been made to wear an itchy pair of church 
Crouch Pants and they're like, yeah! like he refuses to have an alien. Yeah. He really struggles with what I thought was a key tenant of being a spy. <laughs> yeah, not not giving away who you are. Like, have a go at least. He's arrogant. His logic here is like, well, Lashifa already knows who I am. He'll have figured it out by now, so I don't need to pretend anymore. And she's very, she's furious at him for that. That's a, oh, yeah. a bad move from Bond. He gets his little spy care package. He also mm-hmm. meets up with their contact there. And I like when their contact appears, he's like, I'm your contact here. And I kind of want to stand outside a train station someday, just go up to people and go, I'm your contact here, and see where it <laughs> see takes me. See if anyone me. goes, ah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I guarantee I'll get at least one dinner out of it. Yeah, probably. We have some strategizing now because he's got a sexy dress that he wants her to wear because he, and I quote, needs you looking fabulous. And then she's like, well, mm. I got you a tailored suit because I need you looking like a fucking man for once in your life. Oh! Oh! So she's doing back this classic kind of misogynist, chauvinistic Bond stuff. She's reflecting that back at him, and it, and it's great. I mean, the fact that she's he's saying, oh, I've already got a dinner jacket. And her response is, there are dinner jackets, and then there are dinner jackets. That's the latter. She's got him a good dinner jacket. And it, she's managed to size him up and get it tailored for him without even touching it. Wow, she can size up physically as well as mentally. That is yeah. very, very impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My need for tape would disappear if that was in my life, let me tell you. I wonder if this kind of gets pushed further and further, like having, you know, a more, let's say like a more kind of modern female character who's kind of calling mm. them to task and all that. Like in the latest Bond, is he going to be like, but I don't have white privilege. Are they going to be like going after him kind of and like chipping away at all this crusty old Bond? Because I like that he's been challenged and he's been kind of yeah. made to be modern and his ways are being shown to not be cool necessarily, but that mm. he's just a bit of an old curmudgeon. It's good. The film is confronting its own legacy here a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Which I, I didn't which think I you like. could do that and it'd be as indulgent as it. I mean, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. So we get the meeting of our baddie and our goodie here. Le Chiffre and Bond meet and shake hands. Immediately, he's like, Oh, you're James Bond, aren't Your name's you? Bond. I know. Yeah. James Bond, is it? <laughs> I know exactly who you are. Oh, I spotted Bernard from from Westworld here. Who, uh, he's, yes, uh, yes, 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 yes. Jeffrey Wright. Oh, God, he's so fucking good. I was he's really, good. He, he was excellent. There was a excellent kind of real interesting cast of characters at the poker Around table. The table. And yeah. I kind of like that everyone could be like an elusive target in Hitman or like have their own level. Everyone felt like they had some sort of like big nasty backstory to them. And I thought all the scenes that played out in the poker space were incredible. Although, Sam, hmm. I did say to you, I thought it would be Baccarat. And I rented the movie on Amazon Prime, and it says, and I quote, Based on Ian Fleming's first 007 novel, James Bond must thwart a dangerous Russian spy who's funding global terrorists from winning a Baccarat game worth mm. millions. But it's poker. It's Texas Hold'em, big poker. I guess that's more It reads palatable easier. Yeah, it is. I mean, I obviously am a lot more familiar with poker than I am Baccarat. It's a smart choice, I think, to swap that over a little bit. Well, I don't know, know if, much about cards. If Jeff and the guys at Amazon want anyone to, like, you know, write an accurate description for their <laughs> movies... Because we can watch them. And I'll tell you, that does not got a Baccarat game in us now. For nothing. Email is in at cinemasworld.com. Is, is that technically false advertising? I bought uh, this movie in good no, faith, assuming saying, that it would be a Baccarat game. Do you think someone might have searched for... <laughs> game movies featuring Baccarats? <laughs> oh no, it's bloody poker again. I'm sick of oh. this. Oh. Me and the Baccarat Society have got a few words for you. Yeah, I mean, this, this extended 
sequence of a card game is way more entertaining than it has any right to be. I love the poker umpire chair as well, so he yeah. can look and see everything. I like that Bond orders a very convoluted, specific drink. He does all these things where he's like, yes. trying, it's kind of like throwing shit up against the wall and see what works, which is much more believable because nine times out of ten, no, ten times out of ten, James Bond would have a plan that he won't tell anyone and it's executed flawlessly and he'll tell you after about it afterwards. Here you see Bond where he's like, I'm going to shake him. He's like, I'll order this crazy drink. You come over and give me a sexy kiss and make sure everyone sees your cleavage. He's doing all these kind of distraction techniques. And it's not actually working, which I really like, again. And he won't like... I think you could watch this and convince yourself, yay, James Bond's being James Bond. Hmm. But he is fundamentally very, very different and a lot more different than I thought he would be. I'll tell you what, though. I do want to try that drink. That three measures of Gordon's, Mm. one of vodka, half of a Kina filet... Shake it over ice and then add a thin slice of lemon peel. Ooh. That does sound okay. Sounds like he'd be on the fucking floor with that, Sam. Jesus. <laughs> he notices Le Chief's extremely unsubtle tell that he has to hide like a little. <laughs> yeah, Le Chief looking like he's a baddie in LA Noir here with his big <laughs> boom tell <laughs> but i think the issue here is that james bond again arrogantly hubristically thinking ah i've got it i'm fine i've got his tell here so everything's gonna be okay i'm all right it's not just bad for james because the ugandans are here and they want their money from mr lishriff yes yes they do uh, he gets attacked by these lads who really want their fucking money back and he it is really uncut gems he's like i'll get it tomorrow i'll get your money tomorrow i've bet big on this thing and i, I come on guys i'm gonna you, win <laughs> i'll get it tomorrow i oh. gotta play a <laughs> they threaten to chop off his girlfriend's hand, like physically lob it off. They're bluffing. They're actually bluffing. But Le Chiffre doesn't protest at all. He doesn't say, oh no, don't do it, because he's a cold bastard. But Bond is the one who ends up getting in a stairwell scuffle with these two fellas. One oh, of whom has a machete. kills them both. It's a grotesque, horrible fight where they fall down stairs and clatter into everything. It's Every, fucking violent, this it, film. It's so violent. It is so yeah. keyed in on, like, the reality of... I mean, I'm sure this is even glorified and it's, you know, you know cleaned up to make it look super nice for it, but it, yeah. it just feels so much more than what you're used to, you know? It feels brutal, doesn't it? this oh um, yeah and i do like as well james bond recovering like you know kind of washing his hands and having a big drink these yeah. little moments you see with him like i don't think i've ever seen then like Ooh. a single moment of introspection from him ever <laughs> when he's after this fight immediately after this fight when he's covered in blood is you know drenched in sweat he looks like shit he looks knackered he looks fucked up he looks like he's had a horrible experience and he has and vesper is also oh, experienced yeah. this as well she sees the men die in front of her so to make her feel better he gives her a little finger suck. Yes, which, I mean, when someone is traumatised from witnessing murder, uh, I I don't know, but it seems to go down okay, right? They could have played the... (laughs) (laughs) We've got Bond! (laughs) Now, I was thinking, right, new Bond, new attitude, and when he's here and they're comforting... And that's the thing, I think they're almost comforting each other as much as he's comforting her, because they're both quite shook by this. I think they're both kind of... And James is still new to killing. Yeah, that's true. He's not completely hardened to this. He's got quite quite a taste for it at this point. Now, I was wondering if at the point in the shower, he's like, look, let me turn up the shower, a little bit warmer, a bit nicer... Yeah. And then he'd do his quip. 
about the men he killed. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he'd be like, all right, turn up there now, get a bit warm. Here, that was a pretty machete thing that I just did there, my eyes, you know? Huh? All right, look at now. Come, come on. It'll be fine. He leaves it, and he genuinely seems to be very caring towards someone who he has traumatised, which, again, doesn't feel very James Bond. Previously, we'd have, you know, shit blowing up, people dying, and it would just be like, oh, come with me, dear, it's fine, and just you know, dragged off running away pretending like it's fine. But it's not fine. It is, again, brutal. So, it's different. Makes his way back to the poker table where mm-hmm. he suffers a catastrophic loss. Yes. He goes all in, like, way too quickly. And he thinks that he knows the tell. But, of course, there is a mole now that we know, or at least we're beginning to suspect, at least, because mm. he's kind of faking the tell. So, Bond thinks that he's bluffing. At the end, he's like, oh, do you think I was bluffing? And Bond is kind of nuanced here in his reaction to this. He goes out and he's fronting his frustrations to Vesper. Yep. And then he says to her, you know, old smooth silver tongue James Bond here you're a bloody idiot like listeners you might think that that's an exaggeration and that's like you know a a fun thing that we would say but he does call her a bloody idiot it's it's very British you bloody idiot what have oh. you done to it? <laughs> so, no dams given Martini is the order du jour, and he's told that he won't get any more money from the UK, not with uh, Red Ed in the wings, certainly not in that treasury. So, yeah. instead, the CIA man, who happens to be Felix, ships in and says, look, you let us uh, get the collar on this guy. We'll give you all the money in the world, because we're America. We're the land of sugar candy mountains. <laughs> so, he's back in. He's back in the game. Ah, 2006, sure, we thought... The good times would never end. Didn't they think that? That vodka martini. Oh, shaken? Stirred? Do I look like I give a damn, you bloody idiot? Was, I think that was a little on the nose. I thought he was of... going to literally turn and shrug to the camera. And go, What's he on? Oh, don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. Guys, you know now, I'm not that Bond, right? I know, I've just been saying to him. It is looking in the camera and being like, I'm not that guy yet. Come on, here we are. But I, I did like it. I did. Do I look like I give a damn? It's a bit Ramsey, isn't it? It is a bit a Gordon little, Ramsey. A little yeah. bit, you know. And, of course, that martini that he is later oof, given, oof. it's a poison martini, which is oh. the worst kind. And I was just chanting to myself, get sick, get sick. I was really thought it would be a real, like, James Bond movie going, oh, you've poisoned me, have you, Mr. Le Shrift? Excuse me one second. And he gets sick all over the poker table. Keeps going. But James next the whole fucking poison martini as well. It's because he's stressed out. He had a hard time with Vespa before he took out his frustration. She was not having any of it. He's genuinely... I love how many mistakes he's making here. He's just like, ah, I need a big fucking drink. And that drink's full of poison, mate. And of course, he can't handle his poison because then we get big drunk Bond who's like... Yeah, stumbling around, falling around Boozed up Brits abroad... Falling into, let's get a fucking party going. He's off trying to find somewhere to get a tattoo of East Bromwich (laughs) on him or something like that. He gets into his car to try and resuscitate himself because he's got a little thing in there. He's going into cardiac arrest. He's on the phone to MI6 who are trying to guide him through it. He's got jam tart trouble is what's happening here. (laughs) He's got a a dodgy jam tart. Or for those of you listening from America, a bum ticker. He's got a bum ticker. They're trying to guide him through it. He hasn't plugged the right thing in and he passes the fuck out. Out. He, he's 
basically on the edge of death here. I mean, this was very much took me back to 2006 and the the problems of scarce cables and and whatnot. (laughs) It was very uh, relatable again, I thought. Yeah, God. But Vesper turns up just in time to plug it in, revive him. And James Bond, bloody James Bond, only goes back in after his actual fucking heart has stopped to go and play some more poker. What an absolute British legend. What right, a boot and rally right there in the extreme. You didn't see he had a big breakfast as well before he walked in. <laughs> <laughs> and the quip, I'm sorry, that last hand nearly killed me. Oh, come on, come, on, come on, Bond. I really hope real poker is as exciting as this. More big Bond bets. He wins yep. so much in this hand that his opponent bleeds from the eye. It was an astounding sequence. Yep. And I was very happy because I knew just enough about poker mm-hmm. to know kind of what was coming a little bit. And I was like, oh, I re- the flushes I re- and things. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I, and I, I'm I was... not just talking about Bond in the bathroom. There's some straight flushes here. Come some on royal now. flushes. Straight flushing. A yeah. big Bond bet big bond win i have a poker observation for you yeah i love those the big chips oh like yeah the, the tablets ones that look like a big old like you could bite into them and I, they just look like chocolate bars oh, they just me. look like they house a very expensive game or something like that yeah you know? oh, like they, they, they look like steel books <laughs> <laughs> hmv exclusives right there I, do, I just like the the weight of those chips i want to just feel some of those it looks like inside there they'd be the real definitive edition of blade runner <laughs> the one that ridley scott doesn't want you to see <laughs> so yeah james wins with a straight flush the shifra bleeds blood out of his eyes and storms off well looks like james done it credits roll <laughs> i thought this was very early in the movie for him to be so successful but yeah i kind of got a one or two moments where i'm like oh something else is gonna happen i kind of mm. wish i was less aware of the time of the movie okay where you are. obviously when one is podcasting i want us to plan a day around such a thing i was consciously aware at all times of how much time was remaining whereas i could imagine the magic of being in the cinema there like you were with your mum seeing this and then like thinking in your head well it's been like an hour and 20 and the movie's probably finished lots of other things yes during the celebratory meal their conversations between them are still quite combative there's still that kind of sparkiness there and so she she leaves she says mathis needs me mathis is of course their contact in montenegro uh and bond immediately twigs that something's not right there and quickly gives chase after um, I think he's going after Le Chiffre and all those lot, but he's like, yeah, something's up. It's kind of interesting. There's another bait and switch because it's like, you're going to yeah. get your big vroom vroom Bond chase. And mm. I will say, the fact that the movie takes a good 10 seconds to let the camera linger there slightly too long every time he gets into a car or puts on a new suit or whatever, like yeah. it, the vanity of Bond is in full force here. And I, and I was very much laughing my head off at like where it's like, quickly, I have to get them. Oh, look at the trim on that thing. Fuck me. <laughs> Oh, God, I want to fuck that car so bad. Good job. It's, yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah. It's Bond, mate. You need the fancy suits and the fast cars, and you got to get a big glimpse of them. Well, it's only on a bloody bait and switch because the Vroom car chase becomes a boom car crash instead. Yep. Vesper's out on the road, and he swerves to avoid, and he's informed that Mathis is, in fact, the betrayer. Boom. Boom. What a bad bastard, this guy who we meet. And he's like, I'm your contact here. And it's, I'm sure it's going to be fine. <laughs> he's now, not fine. He's a, a dodgy one. How sore did your willy and balls get during this oh. bit? 
Oh, okay. Kevin. Because my Mickey had all sorts of fucking weirdness going on. I mean, to explain this torture scene here, there's something incredibly weird about cutting out the kind of wicker bit of a, of a wooden chair. That's enough torture. You've got me there. I'll tell you anything. Put the Doesn't wicker look comfortable back. to sit on. No. You know, like, just the frame of the chair sitting on that. That would be bad enough. Uh, Bond might be like, oh, do I have to sit here for ages with my... With my yes, Mr. Bond. Hanging down. And I'm also going to attack your ghoulies as well. No! It is horrible, isn't it? Le Chief with his kind of swinging rope with a big knot at the end of it, just whacking Bond in, in the knob and bollocks, in the in the Jacobs with the with the big rope. It, oh, it, it looks d- yeah. d- 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 it's it was an unpleasant, deeply, deeply unpleasant scene that kind of when they have Bond kind of laughing it off and stuff like that, that was Again, another... You never saw, like, a manic side of Bond before. He's always very much in control. Uh, unless... Yeah. I mean, very briefly, I guess, in, like, things like License to Kill, he's a little bit more unhinged, it feels. But, like, him kind of going... Scratch my balls, you big weirdo. That, yeah. that was not a James Bond I was familiar with, Sam. So, Le Chiffre's trying to get the password for the money transfer here. He's trying to be able to transfer the money to himself. Because Bond... When when they started, they had this weird suitcase that they had to put passwords into. And that's... that. So, he does have something that he could give up here. Yeah. But he's not not going to give it up. Its balls are going to be mushed by the end of this. How he didn't guess like I did that it was Vesper, I'll never know because you have to know when he was Bond was told it's six letters minimum Mr. Bond that he would do the bare minimum so he looked at ah Vesper that's uh, perfect yeah cool. That'll do. <laughs> it is scary. It's kind of scary and weird to see Bond both screaming in actual fucking agony and also laughing and being kind of mad about this and yeah. doing that. He's, he's quipping and he's trying to be a funny guy but I think it's, it is a defence mechanism because he's in a lot of pain and he's very scared big swerve Maz is killed some baddie comes in and offs the torturers Bond awakens in Rivendell Uh, very suspicious at this point because I knew they were giving me a really happy ending that usually will get like one quip and then credits and Mm. then when it's like oh okay we're actually seeing him recoup we see like Mathis getting arrested yeah and like the love is developing and you have this real big heart to heart with Vesper and Bond I'm like oh okay we're getting a bit too much here I think we got 10 minutes sorry I want to say I didn't enjoy getting it I thought it was no, exquisitely yeah. written and mm. kudos I don't think I've actually said it but we've talked about Bond as a very complex character here and yeah. Daniel Craig my god that's oh, no easy day at the office he's running circles around previous Bonds in terms of what he's, he's doing here and you making me care about not just Bond you making me care about this Bond falling in love I yeah. didn't think that was possible I thought I like my heart was cold to him but I was enjoying the movie and then this bit came I was like oh James it's impressive and his performance was well received and I think he showed all those people who are like oh he's boring and he's blonde he's going to be shit this is a, a very interesting Bond that we get here this is early Bond and he's falling properly in love here he's he's madly in love with Vesper Aww. he wants to run away and have a nice time with her and just live with her and quit being an agent and he, that's all he wants and then we get the DLC missions where you get to revel in Bond having finished the game but of course as we all know all of these moments come with inevitable betrayals yeah so they're in Venice and 
she's heading off to the bank and she's kind of acting a bit suspicious and Bond immediately finds her phone and there's a text message implying she's meeting up with someone. He thinks that she's taken the money away. Can I just mention that when we get the establishing shot of Venice, of those two on a boat in Venice, like sailing towards somewhere, he's sitting there with his shorts on, on a Sony Vio laptop, typing a message to M that just says, I bloody resign, you idiot. Send. And th- there's a lot of product placement in here, but him sitting there with the Sony Vio It's so laptop, funny. It is it, so it, funny. It, it was but very Particularly funny. because there's a few times in my life, I don't know if you've ever had this, where there's like, you're in a communal house or you have friends and someone's mm. got the slightly bigger laptop right, that we yeah, can all yeah. watch a movie on because we mm-hmm. haven't got a telly or whatever. And on two separate occasions, I had friends who had a Sony Vio rust bucket old. Like it was the glamorous thing in 2006, but in 2009, it was just like real yeah. heaving mess. So the idea that all these, and I had my first ever phone was a Sony Ericsson T10, which was, ah. I got bullied so badly because I had oh. that phone and not a Nokia like the other boys in my school. Yeah, I had a Nokia, mate. Oh, uh, well, idiot. of course you did, you bloody snake. So, <laughs> so seeing these items being portrayed as like the Aston Martin lapth of luxury, you know, this is, it's like Bollinger, Sony Ericsson, Beluga Caviar, and the Vow laptop. I mean, Vespa even has like a little Sony camera that she uses quite a lot, which is, and that later comes up as something that Bond looks back on. He's like, oh, that was her favourite Sony camera. Now, the Sony Walkman brand did have one last go at, at popularity in 2006 when they released their own MP3 player to enter the crowded market with the iPod and, the, of course, the heavy hitter, the Zune. The, the Zune. Yeah. So I was wondering if he'd pop out that silver egg that looked like a weird Tamagotchi that I once had, but uh, alas, L- not. Listening to Chris Cornell, just like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the Vespa, she's betrayed him. And Bond witnesses the handover. He sees her running around with money. He's on the phone to people. Oh, shit, what's going on with the money? The banking people are like, oh, you, you're withdrawing the funds right now. He runs off and... It, Lots of shooting and running. And James is so angry at the betrayal. He's like, right, I'm going to fucking sink the first thing I see. And he cops eyes on this building. And he says, hi, you're fucking done, mate. And bam, bam, he shoots the big building balloons and it's done for. I, see, I never realised in Venice that the, they'd have to have actual flotation is, devices is underneath the Is that literally all that's stopping that from happening? I think so. A like couple a big balloon of fucking thing. balloons? Yeah. Yo, Porcupine, no, you might want to miss out on going over to... I'm, <laughs> I'm Beer growth at the moment. I'm so prickly, I think I'd be a fucking terror suspect if I went to Italy right now to Venice. So yeah, he shoots those flotation devices, causes this building to start sinking into the water in Venice. The briefcase with the money falls in the water, but that doesn't really matter. Bond's shot all these lads. Oh, and there's a point where he shoots one of the weird-looking baddies. Yeah, he shoots him with a nail gun right through the eye, and it's like, oh, he's killed this proper villain. And he looks like, and he's literally like, hmm? He wants to say nailed it. Yeah, and he was either fighting back a fart or thinking of the best quip ever, or both. I've been in all three situations. And Vespa is trapped in a lift slash elevator. She she kind of says that she's sorry. Am I to believe that she lets herself die or she wants to kill herself here? Is that that what you're led to believe? Is that it? I think so, because she locks herself herself away. And I thought... Oh, she thinks she's escaping, but she's bloody only went and died no, by I mistake. No, I think this is intentional, like, you know, I let you down and I'm locking myself in, lift plummets it's, to the it's ground. it's not a traditional betrayal. It turns out that she has a... She had a partner who had been kidnapped and was being tortured and she was a mole 
as a yeah. result of that. And the only reason she was handing over the money was she made a second deal to keep her and James alive when they were being tortured. And that's why they weren't killed earlier on. So James at the start is like, oh, you stupid bloody bitch. And he's like, you know, he does he does actually aggressively shit CPR, can I just say. And if, I'm, if my heart ever fucking gives out, Sam, can you make sure that no one passive aggressively gives me CPR? And like, Dustin re like, come on, it's staying alive. What, what were you doing there? You were doing Soundgarden is what was going on there. I mean, the, the scene of Vesper drowning... She kind of kisses his hand and then, you know, lies back and, and drowns. And he tries to get her out of there. He manages to get in just too late, picks her up, does that CPR. He hasn't even seen Lost. He should have been doing the big, ah, you're the big, <laughs> the big, that big one. Yeah? The yeah, big yeah. one. And again, if I have that heart trouble, because you've seen Lost, right? Mm. If if that happens, they said, guys, we've tried it. In the, Kevin's dead. Like, we've done the CPR. Would you at least make sure they <laughs> give me the, you say, yeah. give him the big one. Give him the big one. Give him the big one. (laughs) (laughs) We're conditioned by Bond and by films like this to think that, you know, oh, she'll cough up some water and she'll be okay. Yeah. But she's dead. Or it will turn out because, like, or if she cough up water, it should be okay. Or it'll turn out that the circumstances meant that she wasn't really a baddie at all, at all. Or that she'd actually secretly be alive and okay and all that jazz as well. So it, like... But it's complicated. It it does. It it takes Mm. the most banal approach in that it's just that she is dead now and it's very yeah. sad it is the saddest i think bond has ever managed to be without featuring a past his prime roger moore struggling to get up some stairs in the eiffel tower and he, you know this is really hardened bond because he trusted someone and he was let down and he won't um, be resigning now he even says like oh, the bitch is dead what what more do you want from me and then it's revealed that whole thing that she was actually trying to save his life but, I mean, we're creating Bond here because he tracks like down... He's at the end now. He's like, do you trust anyone, Bond? Like, no, I trust no one. She's like, good. Get <laughs> into your hate. Here's a mission for you. Go track down this guy. Strike me down with all your anger and you will become M. Da-da. Yeah, it, the bit at the end, which was yeah. basically a victory lap for the movie, which it's mm-hmm. like, we've done a great job. Let's just show you a really nice-looking house with a yep. love, another lovely car, and then have two men in nice suits interact, one of which gets shot, and then someone goes, the name's Jimmy B. Black hole son, won't you come? Name's James Bond. And that was Casino Royale. Sam, I had such a good fucking time. Yes. Okay, I have questions for you. (laughs) Does this make you want to watch more Daniel Craig Bond? I think I know the answer to this. I was going to say yes. Oh. Except, like, Joe really wanted to watch this with me. And she was like, I'm going to have to move some things around so I can go watch this with you. And I'm like, well, if you you can't manage it, we can always watch the sequels together. And she went, ugh, they're all shit. (laughs) As Ah, if to say, they're of, not, not only are they not good, they're of no value. And she doesn't want to watch them with me. So you and I could keep this going and we, we could do it for here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we could watch them more and see. if it, I mean, if people are interested in it, I think that would be fun to do. But this sets such a high bar for the return of Bond after what was Die Another Day. It makes me kind of... Do they beef it all up then? Is that it? Is it just they fuck it up and that's it? This was good and then they fucked it up. They're not all completely shit, but they never quite match this and some of them are pretty iffy. Now, who did we miss out on in this version of Bond? Who have we not seen? Moneypenny? Mm. Q? Mm. Any other classic 
Bond villainry? I mean, are we? I mean, oh. what this means? We've had a reboot. Oh, we're we going to see now... like what? Here's the problem. I think outside of Blofeld, I can think of an odd job in Jaws, I guess, and Baron mm. Samady. But I'm struggling to think of a rich roster of great Bond villains that I want to like that I want to personally see be redone. I don't know if I feel it needs the baggage of trying to remake old Bond villains. Okay, but spoiler alert. We do get a money penny and a cue later down the line in this oh, series. Okay. And given how we've reinvented Bond, Ooh. would it be interesting to see how they've reinvented some of the other characters, where they go with this, what they do? I would like them to gender flip any of the w- randomly one of those roles. Okay. I think yeah. that would be fun to have well, money penny. I don't want to give be... away too much about what happens in in future Craig Bonds, but it's interesting because I don't know if you can technically call them a reverse swirl if they are kind of quite maligned unfairly or otherwise yeah, i so don't know it's but a bit bit challenging is this what you expected uh yes and no mm. yes in that tonally and aesthetically it was quite similar to what i thought it would be but it was unexpected in that i didn't think it would do the job on me now i you know i've probably watched more bond in the last month and a half with you than i have <laughs> in the last 10 years it, it yeah. has occurred to me and i think Elements of my Bond fandom that I didn't realise were there were stoked by doing Die Another Day and doing Live and Let Die with you. Mm. So part of me is wondering if I wouldn't have enjoyed this quite as much if I just watched this sight unseen randomly with no kind of... I've been warmed up a little bit. It feels that Roger and Pierce have done a bit of foreplay for this experience is what I'm saying. You've had a bit of context for what makes this so interesting and special, I think, is what's happened there. Yeah, you've been reminded uh, of old Bond. And that's kind of why, in regards to ratings... And mm. just so you know, in reverse swirl, I will be assigning wiped stars for my for my star-esque rating. Okay. But I think normally I would have probably been in at a range of a four. But I think contextually speaking, and the fact that this was such an effective one-two punch, and then this triple whammy in here, I saw yeah. the worst and the best of the Bond that I once loved. And okay. this was something entirely different, and I fucking loved it. Kevin, was there anything you didn't like about this film? Um... <laughs> anything i mean for a movie that's clocking in at nearly two and a half hours it seems yeah. a bit silly for me to be like i wanted to see more of i want to see more of the villains i want to see more of maz man's definitely i mm-hmm. want to see more of his blonde accomplice i wanted yeah. to see probably i mean there, there was a lot of like really effective old school bond villainry it's like the, the baddie's a man in a hat with one sunglasses type of a thing or like there was there was a lot of good thuggery in this and yeah I felt the movie had to spend a lot of its time with Bond for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Selfishly, if you told me there was a director's cut with 15 extra minutes of like the baddies plotting and stuff... You might watch it. But that's me asking for something that I know I don't want. I didn't want to make this movie any longer. So I can't say I yeah. disliked much about it, if anything. There we go. I was surprised how much I enjoyed a big chunk of the film being just a poker game. It's not yeah. just a poker game. But it was, yeah, surprisingly entertaining. That's a big part of it as well. I don't know yeah. if I stated that you clearly like the from the start. I adored the cards. Mm. And when people are saying to me these other Bond movies aren't as good, I'm wondering if they don't benefit from the easy narrative structure of a series of high-profile card <laughs> games, which just by nature have to have dramatic moments in them. It's just the way they work. So, yeah. yeah. I fucking so, adored this. You feel good about this. Oh, you yeah. had a good time. So, Kevin, it comes to me to ask you, Kevin Mahan, now that we've watched Casino Royale, how many white stars would you give this? It was 
a great time and I cannot wait for a day where it is rainy and dreary enough some afternoon to watch it again. This gets a perfect five wiped stars. Five wiped stars? You heard it here first. Hey! hey. <laughs> <laughs>